So we've been focused on the book of Genesis, and if it's your first time here, you're like, well, I've showed up at the end. No, you showed up when you were supposed to. It's okay. I'm going to do a little bit of some background about the book of Genesis, but first I want to tell you that it really feels like the book of Genesis, that each week we, we could have done like a trailer for a show to watch for something being live streamed like stay tuned for next week where the father dies and the brother or the sons are afraid that the one brother is going to cause harm to them stay tuned to find out it doesn't it it's this it's this conflict that we see that goes throughout the book of genesis we had a good friend who died in her 30s and she would say time and time again she would say why do we watch soap operas for those who remember soap operas actually some of you all may still watch them um why do we need soap operas when we can read the Bible, read the Old Testament? Because it is this, it is this story, as we have seen in Genesis, the story of us that starts with our backstory in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, that we are God's creation. I just, when you all look in the mirror next, I know if you're anything like me, I look in the mirror and lots of thoughts go through my mind. First and foremost, we are God's. We are God's creation. And then what we see in Genesis 3 is our humanity. That we would never step up and say, I want to be like God. And yet we try to control and fix and manipulate things. Um, as we see what happened with Adam and Eve, the decision that they made. We then moved on and we learned about Abraham, how God said he was going to create these, his descendants, the significance of Abraham's descendants. And he said, I will be your God. And that's our God's promise to us as well to this day that our God will be our God. Then we talked about our problem, and our problem is that we are rooted in self. Just ask me, right? What do you think about me? I'm all I think about. What do you think about? Um, things like that, that that is rooted in our problem. We saw that play out in the story of Jacob and Esau. And then last week, we saw um, Jacob wrestle with God. And that's our hope that we come face to face with God in, in the darkness, in the, the solitude, we can come face to face with God. This week, we conclude the book of Genesis with this is our redemption. Now, if you have been following along with us as we have been reading through our Bible reading plan, which you can find at concordunited.org slash Bible, we are coming to the end of Genesis and we see these patterns. And I want you to know something about the Bible reading plan. When we talk about next steps, taking next steps and sharing Christ, serving others and growing in faith. At nine o'clock, we had a lady who joined the church. We've got multiple people joining the church in the 11 o'clock traditional service. We've got folks who are gonna join the church in weeks to come. It's next steps, but for each of us, we get to take these next steps. For you, your next step may have been showing up here today in this service or joining us online. Your next step could be joining a group or a Bible study or reading the Bible or taking the prayer guide, just remembering what is your 
next step. None of us arrive, none of us graduate. It is a continual process of taking those next steps and reading the scripture is one of those. So last week, we ended with Jacob wrestling with God and Jacob's sons, he actually has 12 sons and, um, and one daughter that Genesis tells us about, which is interesting to, I could go down that pathway and try to figure out more about that. But his sons, um, and Joseph is one of his sons. Now when you think of about Joseph, what do you think of? What comes to mind? Coat, thank you. His coat of many colors. I mean, Dolly thought so much of it, she made a song about it, right? So it's got to be good. But yet, I don't know about you, but when I think of some of the stories I learned as a child, we, didn't, we don't get the whole story. Like, Joseph's story is about way more than his coat of many colors. In fact, Joseph goes to his brothers and says, in Genesis 37, says, I've had this dream and you all are going to bow down to me. Yeah, think about that. Think about if you've got siblings or you've got friends and someone comes to you and says, I've had this dream and you're going to bow down to me. What feelings would that elicit? Joy? I can't wait? Probably not. And that is what happens with Joseph's brothers is they're like, this isn't happening. So they determine this plot and it, at first it's like, we'll kill him. No, we'll just let, we'll let, someone, we'll let someone else have him. And he goes away to Egypt and there's this whole story of Joseph, which I'm not going to go into details, about what happens to him in Egypt, but he rises to a position of status and power and there's a famine and his brothers end up coming before him years later and they need food and he recognizes them. And so there's this dynamic that we're, we want to say, well, thank goodness we're not like that family. And yet, what we see woven throughout the book of Genesis, it's us. And including in the story of Joseph. So what happens is Jacob, their dad, dies and they have this moment. Like, let's think, I assume most of us in this room have had a loved one pass away. And dynamics get interesting when there are deaths in families. Sometimes positively, sometimes not so positively. But Joseph's brothers go to fear. This fear that Joseph is going to not forgive them. Fear. Can you relate to it? Fear, resentment, guilt, regret, and opportunities weave through our relationships, particularly our family ones. Cycles are created and repeated this is us. I would change guilt to grief. Joseph wept. We see the emotion of grief in this story that we see. What about in your family relationships? What about in your relationships? Is there fear? Are you like Joseph brothers? Are you a what ifer? What if this happens? And so we're rooted in fear. We see this throughout scripture and Joseph's response is one of the things we see throughout scripture where it says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And yet I'm going, I'm really scared. 
the, the phrase, do not be afraid, is, is spoken throughout Scripture to reassure in moments of fear. For Joseph's brothers, they were afraid of what was going to happen. Do you have fear in your relationships? What are you afraid that is or isn't going to happen within your relationships? And then do you have anger and resentment in the midst of your relationships? We see this throughout the book of Genesis of people planning deceitfully, lying to try to get back or to get one up with someone. Our resentment and our anger is real. Just as we see that being played out in the book of Genesis and the losses that come with our fears and our resentments. They're real. We're not making a bigger deal out of something like this is a part of who we are. So where are your fears? Where are your resentments? What relationship are you grieving? whether it's family by origin or family by choice. You see, this is us. We are found in scripture. The, the root of what the brothers wanted, and they say this, they will, it's, it's about forgiveness. Forgiveness. A consistent question I've been asked in ministry is those one-on-one -on -one conversations where I've had people sit across from me and say, I know if I'm a good Christian, I'm supposed to forgive, but how do I do it? They've done the unthinkable. How do I forgive that? Or they're on the other side, where you're the one that feels like there is nothing more you can do to get someone's forgiveness. You've done all you can do and you still don't feel like you're forgiven. That's what Joseph's brothers desired was they wanted for forgiveness. They wanted forgiveness for what they had done. Forgiveness is core to what we believe about our God and who we are. That we ourselves cannot save ourselves. That is really good news that we need God's forgiveness. And it is out of that where we forgive. You see, because forgiveness is desired by all of us. It is necessary. It is hard. It's a process. And it requires God. This is beyond us. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you needed to forgive someone and you go, I have forgiven them. <laughs> I have. I have forgiven them. But they better never da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a process. I have several books on forgiveness and I, I think their titles are intriguing. Forgiveness, finding peace through letting go. Is that hard when we think of forgiving, letting go? You see, one of the things about forgiveness is we are afraid 
that they're going to get away with what they did. We want a pound of flesh in some, to use uh, jargon. Like they need to know what they did hurt us. Forgiving in a world that loves to hate, where do we see forgiveness modeled in our society? Free of charge, giving and forgiving in a culture stripped of grace. Ah, oh, that grace. The art of forgiving when you need to forgive and don't know how. And that one is by Lewis Smeads. And he does an incredible job because one of the things that happens in Christianity when we talk about forgiveness in ways sometimes how we, we talk about it, people feel like they have to go back to unsafe situations and relationships. And Smeads does a great job of living in that tension and oftentimes with forgiveness, we get it confused with reconciliation. Forgiveness is about something that I do. Reconciliation is we go back into relationship with the person. Smeets uses a, a quote I appreciate of his, is he talks about forgiving doesn't mean the person gets their job back. Which is an interesting thing. It's not that we go, you don't get your job back, but I'm forgiving you. It's because forgiveness is something that is done internally and we wrestle with it. One of Smead's quotes is, when we forgive, we set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner set free was us. Forgiveness. Those brothers were looking to Joseph to forgive them and yet is part of something for them to reconcile is necessary. They knew they needed forgiveness. Do you understand how much we need forgiveness? We need God's grace. It's a process, not an event. One of the things that Smead says is, forgiving is a journey. The deeper the wound, the longer the journey. I don't know if you've ever had, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Have you ever had a situation take place at a red light where you became incredibly frustrated with someone because you figure they were out to get you that day? Okay, I'm not the only one. Now, the truth is, I don't spend days thinking about that. Like that forgiveness, like that's different. But those are, there are those things that happen in our lives that we carry for years, for decades. We see this being played out in the book of Genesis, passed from generation to generation. Forgiveness is hard too. If it was easy, we do it all the time. And we forgive out of our God. I'm incapable of forgiving solely out of my humanity. We need God's grace and God's love. And Joseph's brothers went to him. And you know what they did? They fell down at his feet. Their biggest fear came true. In Genesis 37, he said, you're going to bow down to me. And they're like, we are not bowing down to you. And in Genesis 50, we see them bowing down to Joseph. Their biggest fear came true, but it felt different later. 
and they asked for forgiveness. And what did Joseph say? He says, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Part of our redemption is understanding what our role is. It is important that we know our role. Are we in the place of God? This isn't about us. This is not us. Like Joseph understood what his role is, was, and what it was not. He said what men, what humans mean for bad, what bad intentions are, but, he said, but, but God's intentions are good. But God's intentions are good. So when we think of redemption, when we think of our fears and anger, when we think of forgiveness, we think what is our role and what is God's role? What we see play out is that in Genesis 1, God created. He said it's good. He, commuted, he, commit, he created humankind and he said it is very God. 50 chapters later in Genesis 50, Joseph reminds us that as we have walked through the story of Genesis, that as we walk through our own stories, that the truth is that God's intentions are good. God is good. And the role that redemption plays God's intentions are good, and this is our redemption. A redemption is this, that we are incapable of saving ourselves, that we need God, that we are going to live in fear and resentment and grief, and that doesn't define us, that we're going to need God, we are going to need to be redeemed that there are going to be challenges related to forgiveness and sometimes the person we need to forgive the most is ourselves. We remember our role and our place and we remember our God is good and his intentions are good. This summer, I got to go out west. I had a friend who's from California say, what do you mean out west? And I'm like, anything the other side of the Mississippi River is out west for the southeasterner. But we went out west, and as far west as we went was Glacier National Park, and it was beautiful. And we got to stay in one of the lodges in the national park. It's called Mini Glacier National Park. And it was built in the early 1900s. It smelled like the early 1900s, if you know what I mean. It smelled, it looked, it was gorgeous, and it, it was right on the edge of Swift Current Lake, which then you looked over, and those majestic mountains were all around. Around. And the lobby area was like a great room, this large room that had a fireplace in it and it had rocking chairs and you walked out to the balcony so you could look over the water. There was this piano in that room. We'd pass by it for a couple of days, but for some reason, the last day, it literally as we're walking from breakfast to get our luggage, we stop and we read the signs that are on 
the piano. One sign says only to play the piano during a certain time so you don't keep people up. The other sign told the history. The piano was built in 1881, eight years before Montana ever had statehood, 30 years before Glacier National Park ever became a national park. The piano evidently had quite a reputation, according to this history lesson on this sheet of paper. It talked about how the piano had been in a bar room for multiple years. Legend has it, someone stood on the piano and shot and killed someone from that piano. As well as, if you will just take a um, gander at what else may have taken place around that piano in a bar room. It was founded 1959 by a pastor in a shed at one of his congregants' houses. It was getting ready to become firewood. He rebuilt it, restored it, redeemed it. He taught piano lessons on it. He sold it to Glacier National Park for $300 in the 1960s. And that piano has been used for musicals, talent shows, and people who go to visit who play it during the specific hours. It's been redeemed, restored. Despite what it was used for, despite how it was left, someone took it and redeemed it. That's what we see in our own lives. What God does in us and through us. That despite our fears and our anger and the grudges that we hold, that what if it's going to happen, despite the chaos in our relationships, God knows how much he loves us. He forgives us. And we hold on to what our role is, and it's not to be God. It's to be loved by our God. It is to live in the grace and love that is our God's and to claim the truth of our redemption. That God came to be with us through Jesus Christ. We are redeemed. Now what are we going to do with that? The piano has had quite a life since realizing that. What about you and I? How do we live as redeemed people? Living out the story of Genesis in context. This is us. This is our God. Let us pray. Lord, our rock and our redeemer, we thank you that we are yours. That no matter what pulls at us today, that we are yours. Whatever it is we bring, whatever has happened to us, the questions that we ask, the fear that we have, the grudges and the resentment, the anger and the loss, that you redeem us. We thank you. May we leave our focus on Genesis changed, changed by you. And may we seek ways 
that we can live out this redemption and share about how you are our rock and our redeemer. Lord, into your hands, may your will, not our will be done. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.